now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. episode 67 of the awakened soul that opening vibe by the way because it's definitely a vibe it's not just a song was provided by justice herself from the extra regular podcast who sent that in as part of a playlist she sent me and it definitely set the tone so shout out to justice for that um but more importantly guys this is the Awakened Soul Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, you guys are in for an experience. We do have uh, a segment with Shawnee's reviewing the season of Power. We also have the return of the Stupid Idiots of the Week. We just got a full show plan for you guys today. We're going to discuss a little bit about Cat Williams and uh, his comments on Tiffany Haddish. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go over a lot over the course of this episode. I really look forward to this one. Um, Kenny Killer. If anyone checked out that slang uh, special episode, uh, know, know the lingo, I had a lot of fun uh, bringing that episode together. And everyone who uh, who sent in clips, thank you. But Kenny and his, he has a few questions on some specific words from over here in the States on this side of the pond uh, that he wasn't familiar with. So I will be explaining those to him probably in the last segment of today. So be on the lookout for that. Let me know how you guys felt about this special episode though, the on regional slang. And uh, if you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, I, I love bringing special episodes. I love doing something a little different off the beaten path of, of what we normally do here at the Awakened Soul. That one was just a lot of fun, but enough of me prefacing, enough of me setting the tone, enough of me talking. Well, it's a podcast. So yeah, I'm, you're going to get a lot of me talking, but uh, enough of me opening this show. We're going to get back into that vibe, that music, and then I will see you guys on the other side of that for the Mind of Hayes segment. I saw it and she hit me like that. Saw that thing so beautiful. She just hit my heart off. Full force and she got me like I be like why you so fine? Got to make you mine. So hard to find. All right, so now that we're into the dark and twisted, crazy-ass place that is my mind, where are we going to start with? Well, anyone who knows me, who watches my Twitter, or anything else, probably knows what I was going to open the show up with. So Eminem finally dropped his response to MGK, and that was Kill Shot. Um, so 
my thoughts on on this track it started off with well you know what before we get into my thoughts let me play a little clip from the from the song kill shot just so you guys can kind of i know you most of you have probably heard it for anyone who hasn't you guys can kind of know where my thoughts are going with this so we're going to get into a short clip from that and then we're going to discuss the song kill shot was watching eight mile on my auto track realized i forgot to call you back here's that autograph for your daughter i wrote it on a starter cap Stand, stand, son, listen, man, dad isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? Giant smoke, eyes open, undeniable, supply and smoke, got the fire stoke. Say you got me in a scope, but you grazed me. I say one call it in a scope, and you swayzy. Your reply got the crowd yelling, woo. So before you die, let's see who can out petty who with your corny lines. Slim your old out, Kelly, ooh, but I'm 45, and I'm still out selling you. By 29, I had three albums that it blew. Now let's talk about something I don't really do. Going in someone's daughter's mouth, stealing food. But you're a fucking molehill, now I'ma make a mountain out of you. Woo! Hold chill, acting like you put the chrome barrel to my bone marrow. Gonna bitch, you ain't a bow and arrow. Say you run up on me like a phone bill, spraying lead, playing dead. That's a- all right. So while I, um, when I first heard this song, I was thinking, what the hell did I just listen to? Um, I think that the lack of aggression in the song, um, really bothered me at first. It kind of made, it kind of takes away from some of the lyrics. It's a diss track, so you expect it to be a certain type of cadence and delivery. And that I think is, is rightfully so is kind of throwing a lot of people off um, with the diss track. But what I will say is that the lyrics here, just from a standpoint of the words that he said and what he, the content in this diss track, I don't see how people can say that it's whack. Like, I, I I definitely don't think it was a knockout punch that we're expecting. And that's a, a problem in of itself. I think that when you have Eminem dissing someone like an MGK, you expect him to hit the knockout punch, get in the hell up out of here, keep it moving. M didn't do that with this track at all. And people were saying that MGK's career is over with because of this. I think you guys are crazy as hell. But people were saying that Rap Devil is a better diss track than this. I think they're crazy, too. Rap Devil is a better song. I think from a song standpoint, uh, the beat, the fact that there's a chorus, like everything about it, it's a better song. But if we're going strictly off the words thrown at each other, Eminem got this one. Um, but because of that, so because of judging everything, because I'm, I'm judging, I'm taking it all and judging it. I really have this really as a wash right now. Um, and, and for that, because, because you, you can't say definitively that Eminem knocked him out. You kind of think the ball is still in MGK's court right now. Um, and I do fully expect him to respond. Hell, he may respond by the time this episode drops. Uh, we saw how how quick he respond to not a like. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there. This is hip hop though. This is the part that I love about hip hop. You don't get this in any other genre of music. It, this is where, um, the competitiveness in hip hop really shines. And uh, this, this is what makes our culture, our, our, our genre so much different than any other musical genre. Um, MGK, who has an EP releasing uh, on the 21st, I believe. So just in, in four days or so, we'll definitely be reviewing that on the breaks radio. We'll be getting more in depth about this diss track kill shot uh, on the breaks radio as well. Check us out. Make sure you listen to us live. You get that about, Two hours before the podcast drops, and there's a little bit extra production flair um, with the live show on WTMH Radio. But you can also ca- catch us in syndication on Wild Dogs Radio um, on, for both the breaks and uh, the Awakened Soul. So I can't 
wait to discuss this with my brothers, Ralph and Johnny. Uh, but yeah, that, that was the f- definitely the first thing burning on my mind. The second thing in the mind of CEO Hayes this week, and that is Cat Williams completely gave no fucks apparently this week. Um, wow. Yeah, this is this one is interesting. So uh, the, the interview started off well enough and he started dropping gems about comedy specials. And, you know, you can you can tell that he maybe was on one, but you definitely didn't think the interview was going to go the way it went. Let's play the beginning of the, and you, you, you'll hear spots of the interview clips from the interview all throughout this, this segment, but we're going to just start off with how the interview started off. And then we're going to progressive talk. We're going to talk about how it progressively got more and more shady as, as this interview went on. So we're going to get into the first clip now. And tell me, what does it take to make a great special, sir? Because nobody makes them like you. Well, I I appreciate you saying that. Um, that only speaks to quantity. I I do have more comedy specials than any comedian breathing or dead, so I understand the question. Uh, that's only seven more than Richard Pryor. And you have seven more, more than Richard Pryor. Six more than Martin Lawrence, and six more than uh, Chris Rock. Are you serious? Five more. And Dave Chappelle, even though he put out four. And, uh, the next are you call, serious, Cat? You put out that many? Those are just facts, sir. <laughs> how, how many? How many is that total? Nine. So you've done nine yes. filmed comedy stand-up specials without ever getting financed or having a deal with anybody. You did them by yourself? Yes, I own them one hundred percent. I have the top two comedy specials on Showtime, HBO, Comedy Central, and we just moved to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why now, they don't. I, that, I that's did, why they I don't didn't promote, know that. Nobody does. They don't promote it or sell the items after they come out because I own them lock, stock, and barrel, and I don't have any uh, Caucasian partners or right. people that invest. I'm 50. I've never had a bank loan or a car lease in my life. Are you serious? That's correct. Now, see, that didn't start off too bad. Actually, when I started watching this and he said that, I was just amazed and kind of proud of the fact that he he's done so many comedy specials uh that he owns them outright i think in this day and age where we talk about artists owning their material and and you know that usually uh is spoken about recording musicians but um that goes in all types of art when you can own your own stuff it it means that much more it means that he's making all the money possible off those deals, off any DVD sales. And when you think about how far the industry has come in that sense about artists being able to own their own material outright, that's positive. And I, and I wanted to make sure that I pulled that part of the clip because yes, a lot of what he is going to go on to say in the interview is going to get the headlines. But I think that when you hear it, in that context and hear how he started off, you kind of get the picture and he starts painting something that maybe he's feeling like, look, I've been doing all this stuff and it doesn't get noticed and I'm, and, or it doesn't get realized and, and, and things like that. I'm not trying to lessen the blow of anything you're going to hear later on uh, in, in this segment, but just that part, when it started off that way, I'm like, ah, okay, that's good. But it did take a turn. It did go left when it, we're going to, we're going to see the progression of it going left. We're going to play the next clip now. So, so has, you know, we always hear like these comedians coming to say, oh, they got the big Netflix deal. Has, has I, like I'm Netflix on, or I'm anybody on, ever hit my, Cat Williams and I, said, I'm on my 15th consecutive 100 city tour. 
on the exact day that Monique was asking for a Netflix boycott. Netflix had just cut me a check for $2 million for the special that I got paid $300,000 to do in Jacksonville. <laughs> wow. Yeah. then. Are you serious? <laughs> or I'm really good at jokes, you tell me. No. <laughs> I think you serious, bro. All right, so that is where it, it's getting ready to start turning. He, he mentioned his $2 million deal with Netflix, but he kind of threw Monique under the bus in the process. Not full, flat out, but it was a little shade there. But he's asked about Tiffany Haddish, and this is where it really gets interesting. So what, what, you what's your, your, your thoughts on Netflix? I mean, they're giving deals. Like we just heard Tiffany Haddish just got a deal as well. And I mean, they're opening up things to comics and, you know, for them to open up a door like that. What are you, what are your, your honest thoughts about Netflix? I, I, well, everybody has to understand that Netflix doesn't have an opinion on stand-up comedy. They base what they pay you by the amount mm. of ticket sales for your last tour. So Monique's last tour had 316,000 tickets. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that's what she got offered. My last tour had $2.4 million um, million, tickets. uh, tickets. And so that's what the offer was. Wow. So if people understand it, it's not um, personal. Personal, right. Uh, Then they could just, for free, take their ass to work and get their numbers up. Dude, the last time you Netflix don't call nobody. That's the joke. The joke is Netflix ain't giving me. First of all, Netflix ain't call you. Knock it off. It's Coca-Cola knocking on people's door to see what type of beverage they having today. So they go by those ticket sales. That's that's dope. What else could they go by? Yeah. What and com- I thought it was like popularity. What comedian and- don't think everybody can't wait for their next special? Mm. Mm. <laughs> who, who don't think they got something to say? The fact of the matter is what makes a great comedy special is if 100 people talk at the same time that you talking, are you saying something different than them people are saying? No. Mm. Because if you are, then you deserve a special. And if you don't, you're going to find out you're not special. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to let you do your special, Gerard Carmichael, but nobody's going to watch it. Mm. They're going to let you be a star, Lil Rel, but you're ugly. <laughs> and white people don't believe in ugly stars. They think you have to be somebody that women want to sleep with and men want to be. But because we black, they say, oh, you don't even deserve that. So you get Kevin Hart, Lil Rail, Gerard Carmichael, all in a row, Hannibal Burris, just dudes that no woman would talk to in Lenox Mall, something. let alone you making a movie stars. Why? Because you know ain't nobody going to sleep with them. Well, damn, Kat. Um, tell us how you really feel. Uh, so that was Cat Williams' uh, thoughts on how Hollywood tries to build stars and, you know, throwing a little shade at uh, Laurel and 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 uh, Kevin Hart and Carmichael along the way. Um, that man flat out said that it, it was ugly. Nonetheless, um, but it, again, we really didn't get into the into the meat of it. So uh, the next thing is that he specifically starts talking about Tiffany Haddish and uh, her career. Uh, so here, here that clip goes. You only got Tiffany Haddish. She's been doing comedy since she was 16. You can't tell me your favorite Tiffany Haddish joke. Why? Because she ain't done a tour yet. Mm-hmm. She ain't done a special. She has not proven the ability to tell jokes back to back for an hour to nobody. And they are already ready to down Monique and up somebody mm. who has showed them Girls Trip. Did you think she wrote Girls Trip goofball? Right. Or do you think that was already a script and they handed it to her? It, it's up to you, whatever you want to believe. I, 
I'm the introduction to Tiffany Haddish in the movie School Dance. So admittedly, I have not seen the movie uh, School Dance. I I had never even heard of it before I seen I saw this interview. Um, so I can't speak on that. I can't speak about the introduction. I can't speak in her first role. Um, but what it sounds like. At least for me trying to listen to this with the Hayes ear and coming to the mind of Hayes segment uh, specifically with that in mind is maybe again, like he feels like maybe Tiffany Addish hasn't earned her rise to the top and um, maybe feels that she hasn't she hasn't kind of earned it by doing the same things that other comedians have had to do to work their way up to that point. And that was kind of solidified by this next clip when he's asked specifically about the movie's girl girl strip. Uh, let's hear his thoughts on that. The one with that four looked- with with three of our greatest black actresses in it. You right, mean that one? Right, right. But oh. I'm just saying Tiffany Haddish. Ma'am, you could have Tiffany, had that role yeah. and everything that happened would have happened unless you thought you were necessary to write the Saturday Night Live monologue. I'm a writer. I only care about what you write. I don't care about what you read. Everybody can read that can read. All right. And so even when he started going into his critiques over her career, I feel like this. I feel like all types of art are subjective. Uh, we, I, Me and Gerald L. Cooper actually did a whole special on five of the top black male comedians of all time. And we threw out criticism to a few comedians in that case. So there's there's nothing wrong. Anyone who says that. You know, there's something wrong with him critiquing or criticizing her work or criticizing uh, the the her acting and girl strip or say that it was nothing special about it. People, you can critique that, especially as him being a comedian. He can critique that. It's where it gets a little per when it starts getting personal that I feel like it gets too much. Um, as far as like my opinion on Tiffany Haddish and girl strip, I think she killed the role. Uh, I, I think girl strip was one of the first movies I, I ever reviewed on this podcast. It was like episode two, I believe. Um, so anyone who wants to hear my thoughts on that and Tiffany Haddish as her, her rise, you can go back and listen to that episode, but it's, it, it, it definitely takes a turn when he starts talking about her personal life and things going on with her. But I will say this is that I, I don't necessarily agree with the way that he worded it, but I do. I I have said before, uh, I think Tiffany Haddish is a perfect number two in the movie, not as a lead. But I think that if if she's like the second person, like able to react, like she's reactionary funny. A lot of her reactions to things that other people set up are funny. I have not, not got gotten to see a lot of her standard work, so I can't really speak to that as she does more. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I do think that there's been an oversaturation of Tiffany Haddish. And maybe that's where a lot of this is rooted from. Not excusing it because, again, he goes a little too far with it. And this is where he starts going too far. But people so, like real, I'm, and that's why they that like what her. They, they like they love real oh, because everybody's real. Then so don't trip. No, no, t- they like wherever Tiffany you Haddish at under the sound of my voice. Real. Do you have a real coworker? <laughs> right. Do you have a ratchet friend? Do you have right. a sister? Do you have a cousin? Do you have a nephew? Do you have a niece? Is they so ghetto? When did that become marketable? Knock it off. They like her because she want to sleep with a white man. That's why the only thing she said was, "I want to give it to Brad Pitt." The only thing before. <laughs> that in the movie with me is I, I slept with this white man and I got a white baby. She had a white husband for the 14 years she'd been doing comedy and then all of a sudden divorced him. Then said he abused her. Then wrote a book. Then said he didn't. 
and then now we're at Brad Pitt. So, hey, you can say whatever you want. She says she got a disease for JJ. Don't nobody check for that. I support Linnell, Melanie Camacho, Miss yep. Laura. I, all the people that got skipped over in the list between now and then. It's no shade to nobody. And then he did what I really, really hate is when someone shades the hell out of somebody and then ends it with, but no shade. You absolutely shaded Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I'd much rather him embrace the fact that he was throwing shade than to try to play it off. But let's get into some of the things that he said. So first off, he mentioned that she was married to a white man, which is actually wrong. She was married to a black man. Um, and oh man, it's, it's, when I hate to see someone come so down on someone, like I get it. Yes, she does play the Ratchet Friend. She plays it very well. But even I, as much as I feel like, I feel like there's oversaturation with her and there's been too much of a rush to push her into like a leading lady type thing. There, she has talent. Like I, I, you can't take away that that she's not talented uh, as an as an actress. Even if she is only talented enough to play the Black Ratchet, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if that was the case, if that's literally all she did, and she made a career off of it people have done it before um but when you get into the personal shaming and uh the the talking about her screaming abuse and then not abuse and writing the book like that that's when it starts getting a little too personal now to his credit uh kevin hart has come out since then and just talked about wanting to embrace tiffany haddish and 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 in love and talking about spreading love through a couple of the people that cat williams mentioned Tiffany Haddish has also come out, handled this with class, I must say, um, didn't really attack back as of as of this recording. Um, so uh, Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish have both handled this very well because there definitely could be uh, they could have came down with some serious backlash. How this affects Cat Williams, I'm sure I found out about this over the weekend. I think it was actually on Friday. So um, it may it may have just missed the news cycle. Maybe people just will let this go. But I keep seeing, you know, specific clips retweeted. And I wanted to. And it's funny because when I saw the initial uh, a tweet in it, Shout out to Jaden Hollywood, uh, who stays abreast of everything. It was just him going at Wanda, which I actually didn't play that clip because I'm sure everyone has seen it. Um, him coming at the co-host of the radio show he was on. And, you know, I just I thought that that was funny because they were kind of throwing jabs back and forth. Um, but then watching the full interview and hearing that, I definitely had to talk about it here. Uh, but, you know, that that what do you guys think? Do you think Cat Williams went too far? Do you agree with his criticisms of, of Tiffany Haddish? Is it too much? Tiffany Haddish in just a year since Girls Trip uh, um, has has come out of how much more of her we've gotten. I mean, I for one, I, I, I'm i glad that she's finding roles. Um, I'm glad that she is, you know, after being especially if she's been if Cat Williams has mentioned how long she's been around. The fact that she's really just now popping, so to say. Um, and I want to see continued growth. I just don't want to see I'm tired of the the. um the the casting that's been done with her as, as the hood friend, the ghetto friend, the ratchet friend. I kind of grow tired of that. Not not just with her, but with anyone. I always want to see actors do different types of things. And so um that's where my personal criticisms lie. But again, let me know what you think about it. You know where to follow me. You can hit me at CEO Hayes, also the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod. But we're going to take a break. There's actually no unpopular opinion this week because Shanice decided to be a slacker. See, now that was shade. I'm going to admit. 
that was shade. I just threw shade at Shawnice, but she didn't completely miss work. She did show up for the power review, which is the last segment of this show. So you will get to hear her voice and her thoughts and opinions there and, and me and her have fun together. But we're going to get into the petty news from the one and only Scoop Grady. I will catch you guys on the other side of this. Oh, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with that little Jesus Christ. Say, excuse me. I don't see nothing wrong. What in the Holy Spirit did I just capture? Oh my God. Hello, hello. What is going on, everybody? I'm still stuck on that. I, I, you cannot play Aunt Kelly bumping grind in the church. Man, Johnny, I, don't do that ever again, man. Yes, people, thank you for listening to the Petty News Report. Oh, my God, I still don't believe he just tried to make this a church song. But anyway, y'all, Eminem responds to Machine Gun's Kelly diss, and oh, my goodness. M- Machine Gun Kelly, you, just, you should just tell Eminem you sorry for trying to diss him. Like, oh my God, if you haven't heard the diss track, please find your way to that diss track. Eminem said, the day you put out a hit is the day Diddy will admit he put out the hit to get pop killed. I dropped the dang on phone right there when he said it. Oh my goodness. Eminem, you just, you shouldn't have did that. That was mean. Bad Eminem. Machine Gun Kelly, you should stay in your dang on place because you had no chance in hell. It was like waking up a sleeping giant, the big bad wolf, and you got served. Don't get me wrong, Machine Gun Kelly disc was very good. It was a great start, but Eminem just finished him off like a Thanksgiving plate at a family reunion. Polar Tink Tink. Next, Jay-Z, Diddy, and Kendrick Lamar tops the Forbes list of the world's highest paid hip-hop acts. Jay-Z is number one with $76.5 million because of his album 444. And not to mention, he called his wife Beyonce to do on the run tour um, that brought in a lot of money. But we're not going to say nothing about that. And number two is Diddy all the way. We're bringing in $64 million. Not to mention, Diddy is responsible for every alcohol in the damn liquor store. And he also does a show with DJ Cali. And then Kendrick Lamar is number three with $58 million. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it because he did do a whole entire album for one of the best movies to ever come out, which is called Black Panther. I'm sorry, people, but when you got Marvel money, you are getting paid. Remember that. And last but not least, Lil Wayne is officially the sole owner of Young Money. I am so happy to hear this. In words of DJ Cali Birdman, you played yourself. But then when you think about it, who the hell is in Young Money? I mean, Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne. That's it. So, um, Lil Wayne, you got a lot of work to do. You got to start recruiting some people now. I mean, let's, like, you got to get on your job now, for real, for real. Now, it would be tight if Lil Wayne, Nicki, and Drake come out with a Young Money album again. That would be something interesting. I think that'll do a lot of numbers. I mean, tell me what y'all think, though. And that is all the news we have for today. But before I leave, I want to leave y'all with a brand new petty question of the week. Now, this is something that I'm going to start doing every segment on The Waking Soul. So make sure you guys comment because the very next show, I will read off your answers and I will reply to them. So the question of the week is... Can a man accept a woman that makes more money than them? Please, everybody, leave a comment. Tell me what you think. And thank you all for listening to the Petty News. Y'all be cool. All right, so that was the Petty News from the one and only Scoop Grady himself. 
Make sure you send in that feedback. Scoop's been killing it with this petty news segment since he uh, hopped on the Awakened Soul and uh, was gracious enough to give me some of his time. Make sure you check out his podcast, The Inside Scoop, because the man is hilarious. Him and his co-hosts are funny as hell. But so now that we got through with the petty news, we do have some other news facts that we need to get into from around the world. Just a couple this week um, before we transition to the next segment. And that is... Um, the Texas Farm Bureau and Mississippi Depart- Department of Public Safety banned their employees from wearing Nike. <sighs> so as far as the Texas Farm Bureau, um, I really, I really don't have much to say that I just, I just, I struggle to think of how many people in the Texas Farm Bureau are wearing Nikes to work. Uh, that just sounds like a job where you just need some, some good old steel toe boots and, uh, some overalls. And maybe that's just me though. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I could be missing something. Maybe Nike has a line of cowboy boots that I'm not aware of. Cause they do have a, a lot of products that other than just tennis shoes. So, I mean, may, maybe that's what it, or maybe, maybe Nike makes a line of cowboy hats. No, nothing. No, no. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, but for what it's worth, they are banning their employees from um, from wearing Nikes. Um, And they in in their release, they make sure that they do say that the attire you choose on your own time is a personal. Well, no shit. Um, But let's move on to the Mississippi Department of Public Safety, where the commissioner, Marshall Fisher, said that the agency, um, which oversees the Highway Patrol, Bureau of Narcotics, Bureau of Investigation and Office of Homeland Security and also the state crime lab, would no longer purchase Nike goods. Now, the spokesman for this says that. Uh, they have bought shoes, shirts, and tactical training uniforms from the sportswear company in the past, but the Associated Press, um, which shows that all they're spending in the fiscal year, uh, has a release on that, has shown that they have not spent any money on Nike, at least in the last fiscal year. Um, so, seems like they were already not using Nike anymore, or at least not that much, but for what it's worth... Mississippi Department of Public Safety has also decided to ban Nike attire from their employees. So what do we think about this? Is is this this is first couple? Probably I'm sure what's going to be a snowball on a lot of companies, employers and everything else banning Nikes um, from from their place of business. Um, so we'll we'll see as this continues. We'll talk about it. I want to know how you guys feel about it. Uh, is, is anyone out there who's a listener of the Awakening Soul, do they work at a place where Nikes are now banned? I would love to hear about it. If that is the case, make sure you email me, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. But we're getting ready to transition now into the stupid idiots of the week. Now, this week, I have two. I have two stupid idiots of the week, and they're both just doozies, and I'm sure... Sure, gonna get a couple of people fired up, so we're gonna get into the music for that. I will see you, lovely people, on the other side. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real.
All right. So for this week, for the stupid idiot, we are going to go all the way to Birmingham, Alabama, the great state of Alabama. Shout out to my sister, Alexis, by the way, uh, my favorite person in the universe who lives in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But for this uh, stupid idiot of the week, so there was a student in Alabama who decided to go to social media with this. Well, Hello, motherfucker. now this is just uh, sad. And this this uh, this it was from a video it was posted in a group chat. Of course, it got reposted. People got offended. Now, if you were doing it, let's just say this young lady was doing it completely as a joke. She wasn't aware for some reason of how that may affect people. Let's just say she was imitating something. Let's say she was doing it to be funny. Didn't think it would get posted. Whatever. But after the fact, after this video was posted, she was called out in the group chat for it. And this was her response. <laughs> Are you fucking niggas in that group chat that got butthurt by that? Go fuck yourself because it's the 21st century. You can sit there and call me a cracker. Congratulations. I'm white. You're black. Good observations. Okay, you're fucking retarded. No one cares that you're black. Okay, all these black people up here are be like, oh my God. Oh, everyone's gonna shoot me because I'm like, no one gives a freaking damn that you are black. Oh, so you're, you're just dumb. Um, yeah, so this young lady, you definitely get the stupid idiot of the week. All right, so for the next stupid idiot of the week, we are going to go over to Clearwater, Florida, where a young lady named Carmen Shambly was actually arrested for second degree arson, um, according to the police department there. But get this. So she set what she thought was her boyfriend's car on fire and was recorded on video. Um, turns out the car actually was not her boyfriend's car. So, hey, already burning up your boyfriend's car and doing something that definitely can get you arrested, whether it was his car or not. You definitely get the stupidity of the week. But for on top of that, you burning someone's car who's not even your boyfriend has nothing, nothing at all to do with whatever you were going through in your life. You are definitely the stupid idiot of the week. And to both of our stupid idiots of the week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. All right. So it's time to get into the meat and potatoes. It's time to get into. And I already know he's going to throw some shots at me for saying that. But uh, we're going to get into the discussion topic for this week. And that is a review on the fifth season of Power. We're going to get into some music. I will see you guys there. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life. I got to make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I got a I never took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises I live, I learn I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special treat So I wanted to discuss power And I've also got some feedback on me and Shanice need to do more together So what better way for a brother and sister to discuss a great melanated show like power Shanice is in the building. What's going on, Shanice? Hi. Hi, CJ. <laughs> Hello there. 
You look so happy to speak to me. This is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of cool sometimes. So, you know, I, I look forward to our sometimes, conversation. Sometimes. I'm ready for this conversation. Power has got me so upset. Yeah. So let, let's, before we, I know everyone wants to hear about the finale, but we got to get into our general thoughts on the season itself first before we talk about the season finale. How, how'd you feel about this, this season of power, specifically like the first half? Cause I, I have some maybe controversial thoughts on the first half of the season, but what did you think about it? Ooh, exciting. Um, so I can't really remember the first three episodes, and I think that speaks to what I felt about the season. I don't feel like much happened. In the beginning, I'm not sure if that was, like, supposed to be that way, but I just really felt like, I every time the episode went off, I was like, okay, so what, like, I don't, what's, what's supposed to happen here? And that's pretty much my, like, the first three or four episodes, I feel like nothing happened. I really yeah. feel like it was basically, like, everyone standing around talking for the first four episodes, and then they, like, packed all the surprises and everything in towards the end of the season, which most shows do like to do a lot mm-hmm. at the end of the season, but I just feel like like they could have did like a six episode season. We could have got a bunch better season overall. This I feel like the first four episodes of this season were the worst four episodes of the series period. Mm. Damn. Yeah, I mean it was a lot of I do remember a lot of like Tariq talking back naturally. And a lot of people talking, like you said, but no one's they're not talking together so everyone's making plans and movements but no one's talking to each other which feels like nothing happened because no no i don't know it just seems like there was a lot of planning to do nothing precisely precisely yeah and you know it all it all came together in a way towards the end of the season but yeah those first few episodes just like and they ended the season four so strong like you had ghosts tommy and uh kanan all together in the car and you just thought oh yeah they're gonna wreck shit to start next season and they really didn't do anything at all like Nothing they just talked together yeah that was <laughs> every, every time they were all together ghost was just sending Kanan away ghost has sent everybody away because he likes to control tommy but we'll get more into that in a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah we'll definitely get into that so i have to i know you don't have any kids and you, you always joke on me about my million kids which i don't have that many but <laughs> if Tariq was your son what would you do Oh, baby. Oh, see how I grew up. <laughs> there would be my, Tariq wouldn't even have the thought to talk back the way he did. Like you wouldn't even c- come up with that kind of emotion. Like there would be no. <sighs> All right. Let me let me calm down a little bit. <laughs> how I would hope to be as a mother, have my child, you know, start smelling themselves and feeling themselves and thinking they're grown is to have a conversation you know, hey, look, I understand you're growing up. There's a lot of things you want to know. You know, we'll get to that, but you have to trust that I am looking out for you always. That's what I hope. But if it wasn't that way, oh, best believe I'm beating his ass constantly, round the clock, 24-7, hour on the hour. It's happening. Yeah, I feel like the fact that we haven't seen him, like, just get his ass beat once, like, I, I feel like that's not real. Like, if I would talk, and my, my dad's white, by the way, but if I would talk to my dad the way... Not even like the utmost, like with the cursing and everything. But if I would like step up to my dad as much as Tariq stepped to to Ghost this season, my chest would have been caved in several yeah. times. Yeah. But my dad tased me before for sneaking out the house, much less talking shit. That's a G. That's oh. why he got with a sister. That, <laughs> he knew he could take it. <laughs> he don't play. He does not play. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I we had to address Tariq. So uh. I, 
And he wasn't in the finale at all. And I feel like if they build no. the next season around him too much, like I'm done. Like that's just, it's like the the show jumping the shark for me. I can't I can't take much too much more Tariq. I can't do it. Yeah, they said that was supposed. Well, rumor said that the new season's supposed to like basically be prepping Tariq to turn into like his own version of Ghost, which I don't I don't see the point in that. I don't I don't see the point. Yeah, yeah, me either. I. I He's not that good of an actor at that. And so it's like, I don't want to see too much more of that character. Um, but someone that I do hope we see more of in season six, because the MVP of this season for me is Proctor. Proctor showed out this season. How, how do you oh feel about God. Proctor? I really enjoy Proctor. I love that in this last season, it seems like he's getting not scared, but he's sort of like, look, I'm tired of working with these fucking criminals. Like, I need to figure some shit out. I'm not about to lose my child. I'm not about to give my child to this crack-addicted ex-wife of mine. He's just trying to figure it out, but still be loyal as fuck. Although, the way season four ended, he was hiding that laptop that had, you know, that whole AUSA, you know, guy situation on it. So I still don't, I still think it's a little shady, but... I don't know. I really do like Proctor. I feel like I, we saw a good portion of him this season. Yeah, and I feel like Proctor is extremely loyal to Ghost, but like when Tom when he's talking to Tommy, he like plays it completely different. Like Tommy just he's just uncomfortable shit around Tommy, but he respects Tommy's Ghost. Tommy's a murderer, a mass yeah. murderer for no reason. And why does nobody talk about that? Like Tommy is legitimately a psychopath. Like it's not like he just kills people like Ghost has for for the need of business or whatever. Like Tommy will kill you for bumping into him wa- walking down the street. I feel like if you just catch wow. him on the wrong day. Like I'm sure he's killed several Starbucks baristas for getting his order wrong. Like <laughs> that's what they don't show. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, we we see the main murders, like the little side murders he does just for fun. We don't get to see those. Yeah, he's I don't know. Tommy is the test. It's all that cocaine he's sniffing. Yeah. So what did what do you think about Tommy's arch this season? I don't feel like he really had one. I, I honestly like his father came in. That whole thing happened, and it was a little bit one. But I just I don't feel like much really happened with Tommy outside of it. Yeah, the whole thing with Teresi. Um, it was weird to see Tommy be like. I mean, okay, maybe I don't get it because I'm not a, you know, a young man who didn't grow up with a father. I'm a young woman who didn't grow up with one. So I don't really have that like, oh, my dad's here. I'm going to, you know, attach myself and I'm going to believe everything and all that. It just seemed weird for Tommy's character and how we know Tommy's character to be, to be this guy who was like, daddy this and family that. And it's like, you don't even notice. But then again, you know, Tom, like Tommy's attached. He almost killed, killed his mama when he found out that she did daddy he's crazy i don't know tommy you never really pinpoint him and i think that's why he he has to be my favorite character for that reason because you never can really figure him out yeah and uh joseph sakar i i believe is how you pronounce his, his last name but he's it the fact that I, he hasn't been in anything since power's blown up i don't understand because he's a great actor well he was acting before i remember when i used to be heavy on Grey's anatomy he played a patient this male patient who was pregnant but I think he played like trans or something like that. Mm. And he was in some other indie movie I watched, but he's been a lot of things like his IMDb is hella long. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check out because I haven't seen him in anything, but in Grey's Anatomy, uh, people make him. I've never seen a full episode of Grey's Anatomy. You don't need to. They, okay. Well, good. That makes me feel better about it. <laughs> All right. Angela, this season. I, I have, I feel mixed on Angela this season. There were some times where I'm like, Okay, she's she's playing it smart, but then she did just old school dumb Angela things as well. Um, you have any any 
any thoughts on Angela this season? Um, there were parts, um, like you said, that I felt like, all right, I can, I can, all right, Angela, I see you. Like all of Angela with Tasha, and you know, in the beginning when she was shading ghosts, I was like, all right, Angela, good. We're we're being we're being smart now. I like it. But then the second that her and ghosts started on a bullshit again, is when I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Angela, like. My God, but that whole thing, that whole like Angela and Tasha joining forces thing was like a really good thing in my opinion. I thought it was really dope to see. Yeah, I, I, and they were getting shit done. Like where where Ghost was too busy being depressed and crazy and killing random people, uh, they were the ones that were holding it down. And so mm-hmm. when they came together, I I do feel like the story kicked up some, and I like what they did. Um, we'll talk about because that that goes into the whole Kanye thing, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Tasha, though, Tasha this season, Tasha and Silver, let's talk about both of them, man. What Silver's such a chump. Like, he's just a chump. But what what do you think about, about Tasha this season? Um, I loved, you know, Tasha when it was doing the Reina, like, grieving process. Like, when they did that, like, um, like, press conference thing that Councilman Tate basically conned them into doing that whole scene I had to watch like in parts because her emotion was so great and like it had me on my my little heart was a little cringy but it was very very sweet but Tasha as a mother I need her to restart because that shit was wild with Tariq every time he raised his voice like talked crazy to her she was wild talking about go to your room or just walked away like there's no way in hell but I love Tasha this whole season Tasha was another one of my favorites this season and Mr. Ter- Terry Silva, please tell me you think this man's a chump as well. I, I know you're not going to defend Silva. No, I don't think anything of Silva. I don't, there's nothing. I didn't like him when he was proctor's like co-counsel. I never fucked with Silva. Like, I don't like him. I don't like his face. I don't like, I don't like his character. I don't, I don't like him. I just don't, never. All right. Well, fair enough. I, <laughs> I, I pretty much agree with you there, too. So we got one more character to talk about before we get into talking about what happened in the season finale and that is Kanan. R.I.P. Kanan by the way. What did you think of his death scene? Were you as shocked? Did you see it going that way? Because I honestly, once that scene started I kind of felt like he may have gotten shot and he was going to drive off and we would see him again in the finale because Kanan he just seems unkillable. What did you think during that whole scene? (laughs) The whole scene was dope. Of course, I've always looked at Kanan like 50 so I don't ever separate the two. Like he's just 50 Cent and he's just on the show. Um, the whole, when he got shot up and all that stuff, driving off, I told you, even watch after watching that episode, see him in the morgue, I was like, this nigga ain't dead. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gonna come back to life. They embalmed him. It don't even matter. Like, he's coming back because he's Caden. And, but for him to die off, I think it was coming from, like, the writer's room. I think it was a little lazy. It didn't really have a lasting impression it didn't seem like it had a lasting impression on Tariq too much Mm -hmm. um besides the fact of you know getting his remains but we didn't really get to follow up with why he went to go do that and get the fake ID there was no there's no reason behind that this they didn't tell us that so I'm confused why that had to happen yeah I mean the whole remains that I thought that would be picked up on in the finale and they didn't even touch on it um so I guess I guess it's gonna play into next season but (sighs) I, I, I don't like talking about Tariq, but Kanan himself, man, the <laughs> character. I 
I like Kanan because he's a thinker and he's always working. Like, yeah, he's always doing some sideways, devious shit, mm-hmm. but he he always figure out figures out a way to come out on top in every situation. Yeah, I respect it. Kanan's character, being him, being that he was the one that basically taught Ghost and Tommy, you know, the game from young when he was in Queens. I think it's interesting that it seems a lot like now Ghost. Being that, you know, his life is different and he's he's been trying to get out the game since episode one, season one, but he doesn't seem to succeed. But his life is different and he seems to be thinking for other people and he seems to be thinking on how to do things to best benefit him. Where Tommy's always thinking about the business, how to always make work, how to always have, you know, distros out there. And Kanan kind of came from this place of just like... I'm just trying to make money. Like Kanan the whole season was just trying to, you know, he was manipulative, but it was always around the way of how do I make money? How do I take over the game? But Ghost and Tommy kept getting wrapped up in their feelings with each other and the people involved. And Kanan didn't have those connections. He didn't have Akisha. He didn't have Atasha or Angela. So Kanan was just like, okay, well, everybody else is distracted. Let me just get what the fuck I'm trying to get. <laughs> so do you think the death of Kanan means we don't get Kendrick Lamar on power anymore? I don't know. I feel like there's no... Well, I didn't think there was a point in Kendra being there the first time, but I enjoyed it. I just didn't see the point behind it. But I don't think there's there's a need for Kendrick to come back. Oh, man. You just broke my heart. I love, I mean, I love that character. I don't think, but my opinion has nothing to do with what actually happens in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you got connections. I know you, you talk to 50 on a regular, right? You know, me and Courtney can't... We, you know... We friends on Facebook or whatever. Oh, okay. All right. I, you know. I feel that. I feel that. Um, <laughs> so let's move on. Let's get into the finale itself. Did the finale live up? Did, did did you like the finale overall? The finale was the best episode of the whole damn season. The finale was so dope. It was dope-tastic. It was everything. And it had me, my anxiety was acting up. I had to keep pausing it because I kept getting too excited. Like, it was way too good. But, and I know we're going to delve into it. But the whole fact that Tariq wasn't even there, I don't fucking understand why Tariq was not even mentioned in this whole finale, where we saw him the episode before, talk about, teach me the fucking game, ghost. Like, so what, that he didn't go to school and he met with the Italian and nothing? Like, so nobody has anything to say? Like, (laughs) I don't get that a lot of things weren't mentioned. It was just lazy. But what they did do had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I thought it was bomb. I feel like they did a great job of building up the tension over the course of the episode. Um, the way that the episode prior to it ended, you kind of thought that everything would hit the fan right away. And the fact that she mm-hmm. asked for the 24 hours and it kind of they kind of slowed it down to actually tell a story and show her working her through her thoughts on how she was going to get out of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a very well written finale. And right when you thought, OK, we, we may get through this without any deaths we get the ending that we'll that we'll get into did you did you have it spoiled for you by the way i didn't yeah i didn't either i know they were out there but uh johnny from oversaturated came in clutch he was like look there are there are power spoilers out there so if you don't plan on watching early stay off the internet so i didn't get on twitter at all i was like Shouts out yeah to johnny he johnny came in clutch <laughs> he came in clutch but um so the whole the whole way that they got out of um being charged with the whole Dre thing and having him blame the murders on um I forget Alicia the, the, Jimenez. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and you know, he was planning on doing what Dre does and he was planning on on turning on everyone, but they they worked it out 
Angela is smart. Like I, I like what they did with her this season. Um, but mm-hmm. how how do you feel about that whole storyline? And did you think that somebody out the core of Tommy Ghost, uh, Angela or Tasha was going to get arrested before the end of the episode? I didn't think any arrests were going to be made. I didn't really know what was going to happen with this finale again because the rest of the season sort of kept taking us down different roads and not really finishing certain stories. So I had no expectations. But the whole thing with Dre. And especially in this finale, I know I was just listening to Joe Budden podcast and they were saying like, he's basically like Jason Bourne, like instead of Jason Bourne, of course, because he always seems to get away. No one could ever kill him since episode fucking one. I don't know how trained he is. I think low key that he's a retired like Navy SEAL or something. I really do think he has like war training because there's no way he continuously gets away without even a pinky toe being shot off. I don't get it. But I, after the season sort of like played out, I sort of got confused as to why they were even going after Dre in the first place. Like I wasn't, I, I forgot all about why Dre was the target. And even now talk about it, I, I, I still don't remember. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so the <laughs> season four ended with all of them watching Dre. They were going to try to kill him. And my thing is, too, is like, why Why were they going to try to kill him? Because he had nothing to do with Raina getting murdered. Oh, I guess because he set him up with Kanan. But it's like, why do they forgive? I don't remember. I honestly don't, I don't remember. Know. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Because they kind of said it like, Dre's the reason why Tariq knows, knew who... Um, that officer Ray Ray was that shot Raina and like Dre introduced Tariq to Kanan and they weren't mad at Kanan. And I guess they weren't mad at Kanan because Ghost and Kanan had that little thing in that house when he kidnapped him, which is still weird why he forgave him so easily. I just, I was so confused as to what, like everybody's like, Oh my God, episode six and Dre's still alive. And I'm like, well, why is he, why are they trying to kill him again? Like, I'm so confused. Yeah. And, <laughs> Didn't and, make any sense. and, and yeah. And, uh, Tasha was the only one who was like, well, this is all still Kanan's fault. Like throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really is. <laughs> but they, it's like, they forgave Kanan to focus on Dre. And it's like, Hey, I don't know, man. I know Kanan was in the house chilling, playing pool. Like, like nothing happens. <laughs> Listen, first of all, if if you kidnap my son, I don't care if you give him back or help me give him back. You're not welcome in my house. Like I don't care. Like bygones be bygones. By damn, you gotta die. Or even on the flip side, for Kanan, like I wouldn't even want to be around ghosts. This nigga tried to burn you alive. Like, <laughs> bro, like this show is so wild. It's so wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so we we gotta talk about it. Uh, so Tommy. Over the course, you kind of started seeing the cracks between him and and um, Ghost pop up throughout the episode. <sighs> Towards the end of the episode, do you think he would? Do you think? And I, I've only I'm only asking this because I've seen speculation go both ways. Do you think he was actually aiming for Ghost, or do you think he was trying to kill Tasha to get to Ghost because he made Ghost made him kill his dad? Angela. Oh yeah, Angela. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that scene, and I've debated it. I feel like at that point it was one of those Tommy was like whoever I hit I hit (laughs) like I don't even give a fuck like whoever gets hit I hit and it goes into the whole like you know the think piece is already out like Tommy has already lost so many people that he's let in and trust and these people coincidentally have been influencing Tommy not to trust ghosts that starts with Holly 
who, you know, tried to, you know, get ghosts killed by the Jamaicans, which is weird because we never saw the Jamaicans again. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) tried to get him killed. And then he was like, nah, fuck that, Holly. He's my brother. Killed Holly. And then with Teresi, after he heard the whole tape of Teresi, which was weird that he was really like, nah, that's my son. Him basically blaming it all on ghosts. He's like, yo, so I kill these people I care so much about that I let in that you told me not to trust. And I didn't trust them and I killed them. And you still don't give a fuck. You still fucking with Angela. Like, how am I supposed to trust you, my nigga? So he was like, if I kill Ghost, great. If I kill Angela, then he now lost somebody that meant a lot to him. So Tommy was cool either way, I think. I, 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 I actually agree with that. I, and especially with Tommy being as loose cannon as what he was, I'm surprised he, he didn't shoot both of them. He, when Ghost was sitting there screaming at him, like that primal Wolverine scream almost, like I don't know why Tommy didn't just shoot him then. That's the only reason that like it threw down in my mind if Tommy was actually trying to kill Ghost because he still had an opportunity then. Yeah, I think it was it was pleasing to him to see Ghost that damn upset. Like, yeah, I shot her right in the fucking chest. I'll yeah. see you later. <laughs> So by episode three of season six, are they going to be playing pool together? Because that's just the way this show goes. Oh, my God. Okay. So for just Tommy and Ghost, how I see this playing out, I think it's going to be one of those. I feel like Ghost is going to be focused on all the wrong shit, as he always is. Ghost is going to be focused on Angela and, um, you know, spoiler, not so spoiler, the damn show creator fucking came out and said that Angela's not dead. Which Why would you fucking say that, you dumb bitch? But, Listen. That you, they just ruined eight months of speculation by just coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, Angela will be back season six. Why? No one's gonna care now. I mean, I can't speak for no one, but I'm not gonna care. I'm just gonna watch it to see if Tommy and Ghost kill each other. But for Tommy and Ghost themselves, I do think it's. I think Ghost is gonna be too distracted and focus on the wrong shit. Tommy is gonna basically. I feel like he's gonna be trying to poke at Ghost, and Ghost is like, "I'm not gonna kill you." Ghost is like, "I'm not gonna kill you." It's cool. Or he's going to try to keep Tommy at bay and he's going to be pissed. And I feel he's going to do shit to affect Tommy. But I don't think Ghost is actually going to kill him. And Tommy's going to like try to try to poke at him all the time. That's how I see it playing out. I don't see anything else happening. I don't see them just being cool and just like, all right, so. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think season six is the last season or do you see it going past it? I hope so. I sure do hope so. I think season five should have been the last season the way it should have played out, but I hope so. I'm 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 powered out. I I, I just the thing with our shows, um, in, in our community, I feel like they either stop too early or they go too long. And then it just mm-hmm. becomes like scandal. I think scandal went a season and a half too long. Oh, I never watched, so I don't know. Uh, good. Like, if you ever watch, <laughs> just watch, like, the first three seasons and you'll be fine. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Like, so let, let's talk about season six. Where do we see season six going? What do you think the main storyline is going to be? I, I hope it's going to be Tommy versus Ghost at least the second half of the next season. So then we could just end this series. Um. Okay, so I actually had this conversation, obviously, because you know how us us people are. Um. So for Tommy and Ghost, I feel like you know it's gonna be the whole thing. Ghost be distracted. Tommy gonna poke at him. For Tasha, um, I feel like Tasha's character is gonna be the um. 
what do you say? I feel like Tasha's still going to be trying to focus on Tariq and make sure Tariq's good and making sure the whole court and legal part is fine. I feel like that's going to be her main focus. Like, oh, make sure you guys do this and let's try to put this person in the in the law's eye so they're not coming for us. I really do feel like that's all that Tasha's care, like, caring about right now. I don't know about how she's going to feel about Silver being choked out. I still can't figure that out. She may be happy. She may not. I don't fucking know. With um, oh, Jesus Christmas, with Dre, I think Dre is not even gonna make it to witness protection. I feel like they're gonna do a real quick and lazy kill of Dre because they're gonna try to please the washers. But I mean, it's too late now. You might as well just keep him here. It's how I feel. But I feel like Dre's gonna probably make it to like episode two and get killed off in some dumb, lazy type of way. Um, for Tommy and Lakeisha. So I have never in my life disliked Lala anymore than before she became <sighs> fucking Lakeisha. Even when she became best friends with Kim Kardashian, I still gave her hope. But this bitch became Lakeisha and I can't stand this pointless ass character. She's so pointless. And she always looks really uncomfortable in her clothes. And I just don't understand, like, why is she there? And I wanted Tommy to shoot her ass so bad. And she's not a real ride or die. So I don't know what's going to fucking happen. But I really, really, really hope that she disappears. She's a terrible actress. Terrible. And she, like, stares off. And I swear somebody's holding cue cards up when she's doing her lines. Because she's just... She's not good, and I hate tearing people down on their craft or whatever, but it's as they focus more and more on her, like, she was fine when she was just the friend that popped up in the house every once in a while and talked about Sean blowing her back out. Like, that was cool. Like... Now that now that you have whole storylines built around you, it's like, nah, man, nah, I can't, I can't do it no more. Yeah, like I'm over. You don't ever see her beauty salon. You don't ever see her fucking son. Like, exactly. She's I'm always. Have you asked me about Cash? Hell, where is Cash? Have you seen Cash? Like, where, where oh is he? Oh my god, I'm so over her character. <laughs> She's so pointless. Oh my god, I don't know. I don't want Tommy to kill her. I just want her to be like, you know what? I thought I could be down. I'm not. I'm leaving. Like, I want that to happen, and I wouldn't even be mad, but she's such an afterthought. But for Proctor, I don't know, man. I feel like Proctor and Angel's going to go at it. Unfortunately, I do feel like Proctor's going to end up dying. I don't know how, but I feel like Proctor's going to die. But I don't know. I feel like Proctor's going to, like, attack the fuck out of Angela because he couldn't stand his bitch from the jump. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm excited to see how that turns out. See, I think the the way I see this all shaking down is because Ghost is so emotional and so crazy over Angela's. I think somehow he's going to find out Proctor has the laptop. Like I said, it's going to be him versus Tommy. And he's going to use that laptop to either blackmail Tommy or, or get him arrested or something. And that's how the season's going to end. Like, I, I I don't know. It's it's That laptop is definitely going to be a big part. That's like the last trump card left that they have. That and Silver dying. Mm, yeah. So... What are your thoughts on like Tariq? Like, what's gonna happen with Tariq? Well, I have this odd feeling that the last scene of Power is gonna be Tariq in the nightclub, like we opened the se- the original season with Ghost. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's just gonna be him on top of the world, and that's when I'm just gonna be like, look, I'm glad this shit. I will shoot this little dude in the head myself. 
<laughs> oh my god i really hope not like you know like not to you know make shows or anything but sort of like how they were in luke cage every time he would show up at Harlow's paradise <laughs> exactly. like that scene i see that scene him standing at the top looking down oh i hope not he not he not thug like he not he not real like i don't know i just really w- want a like a a two episode arc of him really thinking he's running stuff and like he just gets his ass beat like somebody just yeah. beat like pistol whips the shit out of him and he's like you know yeah. what i'm not about this life i'm just gonna go ahead and go study i'm i'm gonna I'm focus on that yeah like i just need him to get molly by like the hardest nigga with like three cornrows that's not even completely all the way braided in his hair <laughs> and like his pants dragging like a real real gutter dude i need him to get fucking like backhanded <laughs> all right season six who do you want to see die what's the death that you need to see in season six of power hmm. oh. i would say besides lakeisha besides people who don't matter i would say i would love i would love to actually see angela die die like be done but and as fucked up as it is to just make a great story i would actually enjoy seeing tommy die and he's like, my favorite, but that would be great for storytelling. I feel like Tommy dying, his death scene would be the best scene in all of power. I feel like he's, oh, he's going out shut- like Cleo and set it off. You know this. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, but just for the interest of saying something different, I will say, person I absolutely have to see die. Whew. If if season six of the last season, ghost. Okay. Yeah. I would say I like to see Ghost die. Not that I don't I dislike the character or anything, but I just I I this story is it can't be one where everything ends well. Like I feel like everyone's gonna die except like Tasha. Like she may be the only one alive. And she doesn't maybe. deserve to stay alive either. Like she's annoying too. Yeah, maybe just everybody gets taken out. Maybe except Proctor. Maybe Proctor's the last one standing. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I'm interested, but I wanted to ask, like, what, <laughs> and the the world's already been asking Twitter, what do you think is going to happen with, you know, little senorita from the first season and her crying, overly emotional crying ass and why she keeps coming up? Do you think she's going to be a key player in taking down the organization? And that's what's weird is that they brought her back because I believe at the beginning of the season they the detectives are the one that said well without her seeing anything she she we can't build a case around her testimony mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. all of a sudden that she popped back up and they're acting like oh we got ghosts now because she's willing to testify is they're going against the story you already told so I I just think it was a way to add tension at the end of the season I I think it's gonna go away at the beginning of the season just like it did this season. I just don't get why she's always crying and traumatized when she sees him. Like, bitch, he didn't even do nothing to you. He lets you go. And that was years ago. Like, please get fucking over yourself. Let it go, bro. <laughs> he killed your nigga four years ago. <laughs> you said she's, she's had to had got some new dick by then, since then, right? Had to, but maybe not because she keep crying and shit. Niggas don't want to fuck that. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> that's so funny man um (laughs) what do you think happens with it i don't know i just really hope that like you said like she just keeps popping up to like be a little reminder like hey remember this bitch so we can go oh what's gonna happen but nothing happens but i don't know but it also makes you think what's gonna happen with councilman tate especially now that he announced he's running for governor i changed i changed i changed my vote i need to see tate die like i i I need to see tate die (laughs) 
Oh, I completely no. forgot her. I didn't even bring him up when we were talking about. That's how annoyed I am by Councilman Tate. Like, I it, like Tate. Oh man, he's a he's one of the most relatable people on the show, and is because one he's he's somebody that I know. I feel like I know people like Councilman Tate, like trying to just do well and get them white dollars and turn them black, and but he also very connected to the streets. Like, look, my nigga, I know about you. Like, I don't sell drugs, but I know a, I know the way. <laughs> to go find them and as much as councilman tate's been annoying and he's turned on ghosts and he does just slimy shit like he's honestly probably one of the most moral people on the show and that's sad to say but really mm-hmm. he is he hasn't he hasn't killed anybody he he hasn't asked or ordered for nobody to be killed yeah he was skimming some money off the top but every politician does everybody <laughs> so i mean i just he just he's just he's squirrely man i just wouldn't mind seeing him get shot right in the face no in the face. Not touch Lorenz Tate's face, okay? Oh, you better you not. You better not. But um, another person that kind of went like, what the hell happened to him was, or her, is Tariq's girlfriend, who was Ray Ray's cousin. I forgot all about her. Exactly. This is the this is the questions that need answers. <laughs> what the fuck happened to her? She said, oh yeah, Angela came to talk to me. And what's going on with the other Spanish bitch that's attacking Angela? What is her beef? Hey, there can only be one Spanish person on the scene. Maybe that's what it is. Like, it's territory. I don't know. I I feel feel like she's gonna die, too. Like... Yeah, just just off them all. I just don't get it. There's so many moving parts. And then Mock, he like was like, ah, fuck it, I'm done. I'm out. But he was the main one trying to gun for Angela. And then one day he just decided, you know what, I'm gonna just go take this promotion and go live my life. Like, I'm so confused. This show is so confusing. I I understand that a little bit more because it's like, he thought he's had Angela like at least three times and every time she she gets out of it. So he's probably like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just, I, I got a promotion. I'm gonna go to Washington. I'm gonna do my thing. I don't even have to worry about Angela anymore. Like, I can understand. It. I hate that. He he was at ninety three percent. Was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna just go climb another <laughs> wall. Like you was right there. Like just take a different route. Oh my god. I just don't understand. There's so many missing parts to this story. I don't know who's in the writers' room, but if they need some help, I volunteer my time. You are a good writer, so I. <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay, so here's the thing. Dot com, but you know, we're not here to promote right now. It's not protection. <laughs> <laughs> anything left on power before we go ahead and, and adios that's on your mind hmm. is there any other fucking characters that went unnoticed and untalked about mm. i mean they mm. do have another ghost and and uh, angela i mean tommy tommy ghost and tasha do have another baby <laughs> that we just rarely see a whole child <laughs> a whole other baby girl that no one worries about tasha's mama i guess she always got her i have no idea i i really don't know but I'm just, I just hope that moving forward, season six is the last season and that we get some, like, you know, some threads. Tariq is randomly speaking Italian, trying to get fucking product and shit. Like, so <laughs> no one's going to talk about this. Like, now he's selling drugs. And I swear to God, if they bring Tariq back, but he's actually a street dude, I'm going to cancel my stars way earlier before the season ends. Like He's going to have a face cannot. tattoo and everything. That's when he comes back. Face He's just gonna... tattoo. He's going to look like how he did in Barbershop 3. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. He's going to try to be a hood dude hanging out with Tyga. Why do I feel like 
they are, if power ends in season six, I say within two years of season six ending, we're going to get a power prequel series with Tommy, Kanan, and Ghost growing up. A lot of people want that. And I don't really care. Oh, I don't want it. I just, I just have a feeling it's gonna happen. I don't want it at all. I'm just letting you know. Right, I do don't want it. Like one of my favorite shows was uh, Sons of Anarchy, and they just came out with like a spinoff from it. I refuse to watch. It. I refuse. It's dead. They told the story. I, I don't want to watch this shit. Yeah, I don't want to see how. I don't want to see how Ghost got pussy whipped by Angela. The fact that the niggas is still in love forty years later. Like I've had some great crushes in middle school and high school. Let me tell you. But if I see them niggas today, I am not going to leave my life for these niggas. Like, it's really not that deep. I don't care. I don't care to see Tommy and his first snort of cocaine. I really don't. <laughs> I don't need I feel it. That. I feel that. Your, your final final rating for season five of Power, one through ten, what are you giving it? One through ten, I would give it. And the only reason it's going up this high is because of the finale. <sighs> Five point three eight. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'll give it a solid seven. Um, but that's for like the last four episodes uh, were really, really good. But Lord knows those first. If the season would have ended after those first four, I would have gave it a negative eight. Like that, that yeah. shit was terrible. Um, yeah, but they they picked it up, so I'm still looking forward to season six. Please announce it as the final season because that way I could just be done with this shit. Imagine if they come out and say, "Actually, we got a ten season contract." <laughs> No, Lord, please. <laughs> Man. Oh God. No mass. No. <laughs> well, Shanice, even though you, you plugged okay, so here's the thing a little bit. Go ahead and oh, tell everyone where they can find that. you and plug oh, yourself. Oh well. Well look at that. Um yeah, you guys can find me at www.okaysohereisthething.com. You can also find me bi weekly on I'm just saying a podcast with me and my three amigas. And you can catch me every week. On the weekend, soul doing my unpopular opinions, and yeah, it's pretty much it. You're becoming almost as busy as I am, bruh. Hella busy. My edges is fucking falling out. <laughs> I'm scratched. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. Uh, good night, people. <laughs> Let's just go. We're gonna have to uh, get some. Uh, I forgot what's the stuff castor oil for your edges. Is that what they use for edges? I don't. The know. black castor oil. They be there saying that, but I ain't got four C hair, so all that grease in my hair is. You know, we'll talk about it some other time. But nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, people. Bye. All right, so that was me and Shanice discussing power. Uh, had a lot of fun with that discussion. Let me know what you guys, how you guys felt about this past season of power. You know, the normal places at CEO Hayes. Um, but before we go, I do have to answer Kenny Killer's questions from the regional slang episode. And so Kenny had a question on what is a thought? Um, thought stands, I believe, for that hoe over there, which how we use it, it really doesn't make any sense, but it's basically calling someone a whore, a slut, whatever you, whatever you want to. Uh, use it for there, Kenny. As far as a pendejo, uh, that can mean a lot. So that can mean a stupid person, an idiot, an asshole. Uh, people use it all different types of ways. Um, uh, but that is actually a Spanish word. Um, so yeah, Kenny, there, there you go. That, that's, that's how we do our slang over here <laughs> or some of our slang words. But everyone, this has been episode 67 of The Awakened Soul. I hope you guys have fun across this episode. Learned a lot, got a lot of opinions, whatever. I just, I look forward to the conversations I have. And I was actually having a conversation with Andrew Bello and I was saying how the Awakened Soul audience, the listeners of the Awakened Soul 
are the best listeners in any podcast realm. Open-minded, rarely attack anybody. Of course, you've disagreed with Bello, you've disagreed with me, you've disagreed, uh, disagreed with A-Track, even Shawnee sometimes. But it's always a great conversation that comes out of those disagreements. And that's what makes this audience different than a lot of other podcast audience and how they conduct themselves. So hats off to you guys. But that's it. So, you know, the normal place you can find me at CEO Hayes is at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the podcast itself at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what social media platform you happen to be at. And you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, The Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys over the course of this week. No special episode this week. So I'll see you guys next week for episode 68. Peace. I got places to go. I got people to see. The penitentiary ain't the place for me. No more than you do. Not tip me. I run up, squeeze, and put a hole in your hole. I got places to go. Got people to see. The penitentiary ain't the place for me. No more than you do. Not tip me. I run up, squeeze, and put a hole in your hole. You mistaking me for somebody that you should be testing uh-huh. You should be stressing, I'm finna fucking teach you a lesson Rap one-on-one's in session M-Lace the track that I'm blessing Smith and West is the weapon in case you was guessing This game bus is camping, it's kept in my bands Hot beginning to end, watch the 22 spin My hoes they perfect 10 I got shut up, but I got up and I'm back at it again Motherfuckers that thought I wouldn't win Pretend to be friends At first you fail, try, 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 try again I'm the best, don't you get it? Forget it when I spit it, it's crazy if you love it, admit it, you like that I live it, it's shady Aftermath in your ass, bitch If it's not a classic, when it's done, we trash it Flow, I got it mastered Stuck and get your ass kicked, fast it When messages get drastic Clocks made out of plastic Cock it, aim it, pass it Run, nigga, I'm stashing Got places to go, got people to see The penitentiary ain't the place for me I'm warning you to not tip me I run up, squeeze, and put a hole in your hole I got places to go, got people to see The penitentiary ain't the place for me I'm warning you to not tempt me I run up, squeeze, and put a hole in your hole There's a genie in the bottle of that Dom Perignon I'ma drink till I get to that bitch And then they gon' introduce me to the birds They gon' listen to my words in the hood They feel my shit Break it down! Picture a perfect picture Picture me in a pit pack Picture me start shit Picture me busting my gap Picture police man They ain't got a picture of that Picture me being 